asleep, weightless, the void feels comfortable, the world doesn't exist, I'm unaware of my identity, I just absolutely, you ready? Exist. Yes. It's peaceful. In three, no two, welcome to Meat Team. My name is Chet Handy, and I have dyslexia. On this episode, we are interviewing Brian, whose job is often overlooked, but is at the center of everything we know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I guess you could say I enjoy my job. I mean, sure, it's a thankless role. I falter my own, but the successes are typically referred to as luck. But check this out. Let's see... Where is it? There it is. Look at this. This is one of the ideas I came up with. It's a friendly haunted house. Where out there, there are scary haunted houses, but instead of some scary clown chasing you with a chainsaw, that creature is instead following you at a polite speed with a plate of delicious chocolate chip cookies. Once I create an idea, I then print it out, roll it up, put it in this tube, and run the tube down the chute to the system where it'll then share it to mix results with those around him. Honestly, I don't care much for the management side of things, but idea creation, that is where this job really shines. You mentioned earlier that there were some issues when you first started, correct? Oh, absolutely. I'd say I didn't fully start my role until about three years, three years into the project. I went through a rigorous training program while the system was still in early development. It's baby stage, as people call it. But even after then, there were still a lot of issues. The system would often have leaks while it was in sleep mode, what's known on the outside as bedwetting. Once word got out about it, people would make fun of the system, sometimes even years after the issue was resolved. 28 years later, and there's still concerns about that information resurfacing. I understand. We wouldn't want people to know that. And we certainly wouldn't want the information to be broadcasted. Exactly. Nowadays, my main job, while the system is in sleep mode, is to keep things active upstairs while still preventing leaks. Sometimes I'll try to solve problems he wrestles with during the day. That's nice. Jumps out of bed to write down the solution, but he always stubs his toe in route and immediately forgets the solution I gave him. Then he's back at square one. Uh, what's happening? What's that sound? Oh, that? That's just the alarm. It happens most days around this time. And, yep. And of course, he hits the snooze button. It only delays the inevitable. and doesn't give me really any time to do anything. Alright, fine. I guess we'll just run through a song he likes. Sounds great. Let's listen. I was a pilot 
So, Brian, what's happening now? Well, you see, right now there's... Wait a minute. Who's Brian? That's that's your name, right? No, I'm sorry. You must have me mistaken. My name's Brain. Well, technically subconscious. Most people call me Brain. 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 Sorry, I have dyslexia. You're going to fix my name in the show, right? Uh, sure. Brian then walked me through the system's waking routine, saying that he didn't have any control over it. I don't have any control over it. The body seems every morning and it's the worst part of my day you see how he's boiling water that's for the coffee he's making he's gonna drink three cups of the stuff back to back as a means of waking up brace yourself it's gonna be a bumpy ride uh, why what's gonna happen i'm not kidding hold on to something here it comes <laughs> The numbers. What are they? What do they mean? Why are they so many of them? Oh no, we're talking. Someday I'm gonna die. Will that be one? Probably not. Good. When will it end? I think it would be bad for my teeth Right now. Just find my teeth. You doing all right? I think I'm going to be sick. Yeah, it's rough. I really don't know why he does that. But I wish he would stop. But, you know, after a while you get used to it. Oh, for crying out loud, he's pulling out the yearbook. What's the significance of the yearbook? Oh, it's just... Sometimes he reflects on a girl he used to date. How old is he? And how old is the girl in the picture? Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's nothing like that. You see, they, they dated when they were both in high school. Both. 
which I know even then, it's still not a great look. It's just, well, we choose not to acknowledge that. Around here, we just sort of grit our teeth and go with, they're roughly the same age then, and they're roughly the same age now. Yeah. But, um, I have to monitor some audio. Can, can you please scrub it from your broadcast of something Office played? No. You can't? Oh. Well, I still have the job to do. Um, anyway, this is another part of my job. This is the internal monologue of the system. I can't really affect it, but it's useful for monitoring the well-being of the system. For this one, I have to play this tape as a background for the narration. Why? You know, I don't know. It's just what they told me I have to do. Uh, anyway, here we go. because she didn't know how to read. Confused, I could only utter, But we're in high school. She didn't listen to what I was saying. Instead, she broke up with me on the spot and refused to talk to me after that. Carol. Carol. That wasn't too bad, right? Yeah, uh... I feel like he should stop touching her picture like that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but look at it this way. Um, no, you're right. You're right. I feel uncomfortable. I need to... We, uh, we need to take a break. Hello, Man Handsome here. And I want to tell you about a product that I fully endorse. But first, close your eyes and imagine your ideal world. A world where people respect you and your family calls you Big Guy when you show up for gatherings. A world where everything will eventually work out a-okay. And the women, oh my goodness. It's a lovely prospect, right? Now, open your eyes. What if I told you that all of these things are possible? That all of this is within your reach? Did I mention the women? I know what you're saying. No way, man, it isn't possible. I wasn't born yesterday. You're going to have to take your snake oil to the next sector because I'm not buying it. Alas, dear viewer, it's not snake oil, and you're not a sucker. In fact, I think you're great. 
But if you have any doubts on the validity of my promises, then I must tell you about this miracle product, Optimism. With the help of Optimism, all of your wildest dreams can come true. And the best part about Optimism is that it won't cost you a dime. Not now, not ever. Within two weeks of using Optimism, you too can feel the sense of purpose in all of your endeavors. You will feel a renewed sense of resilience for any setbacks and a greater satisfaction in your work. And women, oh my goodness, you don't even know. So don't be a Peter Pessimist, sitting over there in some corner crying about how nothing is going to work out. People don't like that guy. They've stopped inviting him to parties. Now, I know you're probably expecting me to give some alliterative name for optimism, but you're wrong. Instead of being like that loser Peter Pessimist, I think his wife left him, by the way, because of his pessimism, you need to be like you. Purposeful and powerful you. Okay. Picture this. There's a can of beans on the table. You pick up that can of beans and you move them to the counter. The world is now different because of you. You have made an impact. People will be like, why is the can of beans on the counter now? And you can tell them, because I moved them there. You have the power to move that can of beans. You have the power to change the world. So let me ask you, what's stopping you from improving your life? From connecting with your purpose? Don't delay. Try optimism today.
Hey, how are you feeling? Is your stomach doing better? I'm all right. Uh, what's going on now? Okay, so before this next part, I have a bit of a confession to make. But I just have to let you know beforehand that there's a reason for it. Because, okay, so everything I do yields resentment. And I mean, like, everything. Like, for instance, dreams. You know, during sleepy time. I try to give him everything he could possibly want. Riches, splendor, and the power of flight. But when he wakes up, he's disappointed with reality. And he blames me for it. But then I try to do the opposite. Tragedy and squalor and just spiders. Spiders everywhere. Things that I think will make reality seem more pleasant in comparison. Wouldn't you know it? He doesn't like that. So I try to go with what he knows, replaying past memories. You know, things that he liked at the time. It, it should be a fun activity for us both. But anymore, every memory, I mean every memory, is laced with regret. Regret that he blames me for. There's also the matter of work. He hates his job, but he wants to be good at it. So he'll work endlessly till the sentiments plummet and color is drained from the world where everything looks gray. So, since I'm good at making ideas, I try to invite him to a break. A fanciful world where there are neon light plants under a sky with pink, purple, and green clouds. And the land is populated with friendly animals and kites that never drew. A place where there are no regrets. There's no future and there's no past. It's just... Now. A place where you can stay and be happy. A place where you can appreciate the things I can do. Sounds nice. It is. It really is. But when he inevitably snaps out of it, he realizes he hasn't done any work. Which he hates. Which he hates! But still, he resents me. So, what is your confession? Oh, right. Confession. Well, first off, I know this is absolutely taboo. I know the agency has strict guidelines against this, and for good reason. But you need to know, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't absolutely necessary. Brian. Brain. Brain. Sorry. What is your confession? Right. Well, I might have. Maybe. Just kind of. Given him. That a tiny bit. Of what people on the outside. Maybe call. A mental illness? Brain. You don't have to say anything. I know, and I hate to do it. Really, I hate to. But it was, and still is, the only option I have to try and communicate directly to him. Oh, don't look at me like that. Listen, he lives alone. That is true. But he thinks he has a roommate whose bedroom is a coat closet that he might have forgotten was there. Seriously, stop looking at me like that. It was necessary, and it's still necessary. Watch. 
What followed was the hallucinated roommate entering the room from said closet and trying to make friendly conversation with light jokes and compliments, but no positive response. The system then demanded rent before he then deposited half of the rent from his account into his account. He then got cleaned up and then drove to some place in the city. When asked where he was going, Brian told me that he was driving to the office where he had his first job, where he was to, as Brian put it, give the building the finger. He does this every morning. And I do mean every morning, without fail, for eight years, without any guidance from me. You're not telling him to do this? Absolutely not. This is his call. Trust me, this is the least peculiar of his habits. Here, this tape will explain it. Fresh out of college, I got a job at Business Corp. Yes, the Business Corp. The hiring manager at the time told me he saw a lot of value in me when he hired me. He said that I would make it far in the company. Sure, I was happy, ecstatic even. Then on the first day, he told me to deliver a memo to himself 15 years in the past, informing him not to marry his, as he put it, true of a wife. He then provided me a barrage of information detailing every single thing she does to annoy him. From the distinguished sounding British voices she uses for each of her pets, to the way she pronounces pasta. Pasta, if you must know. After he got done complaining about her, he immediately picked up the phone and called his wife to see if they were still married. When she confirmed that they were, he hung up the phone and yelled at me for failing to do the simple task of delivering a memo. Despite not having left the office, nor being given any time to even... Oh, now I get it. Time. I told him that I would get back to it and snuck out to HR to let them know the manager might be in dire need of psychiatric help. They asked me if I accomplished the task. I told them no. They told me they would investigate it. About 30 minutes later after hearing about this, my manager fired me saying that he would personally make sure I wouldn't get a job in business again. To my surprise, he was true and steadfast in his promise. Last I heard, his team had just finished developing a straitjacket for babies. The company's stock rose three points after this was announced. I work in a gas station now. Stupid. Okay, now that that's done, he should be going back home. Oh no. What day is it? It is Thursday. Crud, Thursday. Why did it have to be Thursday? Oh, I wish we hadn't done this interview today. Why? Oh, you'll see. She sits alone at the table. She's waiting for me. I go, I sit down. I tell her about my stamp collection. I tell her it's finally complete because I only wanted 10 identical stamps. She tells me that's wonderful and we kiss in celebration of my stamp collection. I pull out a poem from my back pocket and I give it to her. She gets excited. What is this? I tell her I wrote a poem about how amazing she is. She smiles. So big. So, so big. says, you're going to make me blush. You're so pretty when you blush, I tell her. She opens the paper and is able to read it. Tears well in her eyes and she looks up at me, holds it to her chest and tells me she loves me. I tell her I love her too. I don't know what comes 
after that. That is as far as the fantasy allows. The rest are in fragments. Our wedding day. The birth of our first child. Living some peaceful life in a nice house with a view. I don't know what exists between them. Maybe nothing. It works for me. Imagination expires as the man she always meets up with shows up. my binoculars and I look away. She didn't appear to notice his behavior, which I am unsure to say if that makes it better. You don't have to say anything. I know. I'm sure you do. Sponsor? Yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Hello, Man Handsome again. You may remember me from the Optimism ad. Don't worry, I won't push that on you again. I know you're not quite ready for it. No, what I want to talk to you about this time is self-love. It's not optimism, but it's the next best thing. Believe it or not, you might not be the worst person in the world. You're certainly not the sole person in the world guilty with error either. You may not be aware of this, but you don't have to hate yourself. In fact, you can even love yourself. A crazy prospect, I know. Believe it or not, I was once like you. I know what you're thinking, but man, that can't be possible. How could a super swell guy like you have ever struggled with yourself? But it's true. I used to soul, warding off my friends with my belief that showers were just for winners, but not lonely people like me. Little did I know that I was perpetuating a cycle where my belief that I was a loser was actually manifesting my, as experts call, loserness. If I wasn't a loser to begin with, I certainly was one after I hit my Saturday streak and not taking a shower. It wasn't until that eighth day when a friend, over the phone, naturally, told me something that would change my life forever. I'll never forget what he said. He said, the bird flies loose on Tuesday. I didn't, still don't, know what it means. But everything clicked, and I began to cleanse myself from my self-loathing, and began my journey of becoming the man handsome before you today. My journey of self-love began that day. Now. Imagine the improvement you would feel in your day to day if you didn't define yourself by your failures and screw ups. What if, instead, you defined yourself by your successes and accomplishments? Like that stamp collection. Well done, buddy. Sure, you may have some unfortunate quirks. Maybe unsavory habits. We've all done things we're not proud of. I know I have. At this point in time, I. Well, I don't want to dwell on it. But. What if those inclinations stem from a source of self-loathing? Maybe those negative aspects of yourself would vanish if only you love yourself. It's worth a try, right? Break the cycle. And, like optimism, it's absolutely 100% free. And you will feel the results immediately. So please, I beg of you, feel good about yourself and your place in the world. You deserve it. And remember, the bird flies loose on Tuesday. Take a shower.
After these interesting morning events, he then returned home and did some writing. Brian appeared to be relieved by these actions before stepping up to go to the restroom, or the bad idea department as he calls it. When he came back, I felt it was time to come clean. Okay, Brian, it's time to cut the act. You're aware that this is an exit interview, right? What? An exit interview? What is this, about the mental illness thing? We didn't know about the mental illness thing until after the interview started. Huh. What? Wait, but then that would mean... What is it? Cancer? No. The body is moderately healthy. Okay, first, if you're telling the truth, then why? You're unaware? Unaware? Unaware of what? Come on, Brian. The scheduled self-removal? How did this make it to the agency before you? It's on his calendar for crying out loud. Okay, now I know you're full of baloney. That can't be right. Let me check the tapes. What's today's date? The 12th. Okay, I found it. Let's see, there's the 9th, watch TV. The 10th, watch TV with weeping. The 11th, a dentist appointment. The 12th, the end? With the E at the end. Pretentious. But if that were true, then why would he go to the dentist yesterday? Because he likes going to the dentist. I didn't think you knew about that. But no, this can't be right. We were making progress. Progress towards... Oh, don't be glib, you jerk. You don't know what you're talking about. No. You're wrong. You're wrong. Just down the road is a nice overlook that rises over the river. When I was younger, I remember staring out over that expanse when my parents would drive past it. I dreamed of a glorious future, owning one of those houses erected higher up the hill with a better and constant view of that glorious river. My wife and children would spend our evening sitting on the balcony and watching the sunset over that beautiful view. That was when I was a kid, over 30 years ago. It's crazy how the past and present can fold over like that. Seemingly nothing in between. Those moments felt so important at the time. Between them and now, I don't think I even thought of it. I must not have, because I don't have a house. I don't have the view. A brick wall is the only view out of my window. No wife, no kids. I could be further away from my childhood dream. I wanted to be connected to that view, and now there's only one way I can think of. As I leave, I think to myself, I'm on my way, honey. Check, check, quick, think of something. What are we gonna do? Accept it, it's over. You gave it a good run and an admirable effort, but you can't fix something that so desperately wants to be broken. Oh, screw you. I stroll out of my apartment with a pleasant melancholy to my car. My roommate yells at me from the door of my apartment. Where are you going? I'm surprisingly nervous. Daddy's going out for a car and smokes. You don't smoke. Seriously, where are you going? Don't worry about it. I shrug him off. He chases after me and jumps in the passenger seat as I get in the car. Get out of my car. Please, come inside. We can hang out. 
we can have a nice fun life. Like silhouettes of bleaching. Brian, this is your last chance to get out. No, I'm not leaving. I care about you, dude. Everything is the way you Wherever you're going, I'm going too. As you wish. I shrug as I start the car. His eyes go wide. I don't know how he could possibly know about my trip, but apparently he does. Off we go. The sun's beginning to set. I don't know if I'm going to make it in time. The vision returns to me in the house with my hypothetical family. Here he comes. This is what you want, she asks. More than anything. My roommate begins yelling wildly. His tears evident in the sound of his voice. but I can't understand what he's saying, like the songs of birds. I'm too planted in my fantasy. I lift up a glass of expensive wine to my lips. I hope I can stay here after it's over. Please, stop the car. I feel my roommate out in the real world trying to wrestle the wheel away from me. I never knew how weak he was. He's not able to move the wheel in the slightest. My wife plays with my hair as I soak up the view from the window and watches the car and finish its trek down the street and off the road when... was something you did back there, champ. Real reckless stuff. Not reckless with a W, on account that, you know, you did wreck your car. Not down the cliff, like you intended. Almost. Almost. Nope. It was the funniest thing. Someone must have left a banana peel out there in the road. As soon as your tire hit it, your car immediately flipped into the sky before falling down and landing right on the road you tried to drive off of. Honestly, I've never seen a more satisfying example of slapstick. It was touching. You hear that? That's you. You're alive, buddy. Though, you are in a coma. Almost. Almost. Well, since you're gonna be here for a while, I might as well talk to you about positivity. By the time you wake up from this coma, you're going to be a new and improved you. Now, let's begin. From any interaction, there are generally two ways to perceive it, either positively or negatively. Special thanks Take to the, the people that contributed to this episode. Joshua Allen Nethery for voicing the interviewer. Forrest and the Photons for contributing the song Pilot. Mikey River for contributing the song Optimist 0208 in the Optimism ad. Dia Myers for contributing the song Murdering D for the job sketch. Unifono for contributing the song Apex. Scene for contributing the song The Procession for the driving scene. All of their music was composed by Mirador. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time. A negative mentality focuses and defines itself by the struggle.
But without the struggle, there can be no triumph. Would you really want to sacrifice the triumph, the victory?